Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 328 of Linux in the Hamshack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the Internet. And tonight we have our deep dive episode, and we're going to be talking about the KiCad product, which is an interesting open source 3D modeling software and schematic diagram you know, program and does lots of cool things. And we brought on somebody who knows a lot more about this product than we do to talk about it, but we'll introduce ourselves first. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And Bill is on the phone. He'll be here at some point. <laughs> uh, NE4RD, and uh, maybe we'll let him talk when he gets here. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, poor Bill. But uh, to talk about uh, KiCad, we have Barry, W0IY, uh, who came to our attention because one of our former co-hosts, Rich, said he saw Barry talk about this project at convention last year. Um, apparently there was a forum on it and he thought it was interesting and, and, uh, Rich actually uses it. Um, I've seen some of the projects he's working on and the, the circuit boards he's designing with it. So we thought it would be interesting. So thank you so much, Barry, for joining us tonight. We appreciate you being here. Oh, it's good to be here. And uh, hopefully you can uh, tell us a little bit about your experience with forums at Hamvention, because I have as yet not been to one, even though I've been to Hamvention 10 times. Um, but we'll get to that a little bit later. First, we want to uh, have you introduce yourself, tell us who you are, how you got uh, into electronics and amateur radio, and uh, you know, sort of what makes Barry Barry. Okay. Well, uh, I've been a ham since uh, 1968. I uh, got my novice then in uh, Dubuque, Iowa, and a uh, buddy uh, then, back then uh, was uh, into building a lot of things. He did a lot of VHF. Uh, Bob Hillard uh, was WA0JBH back then, so I used to uh, ride shotgun with Bob to a lot of ham fests, and he got me interested in uh, VHF and weak signal things, and uh, but most mostly building. He was an excellent craftsman, still is, and so I kind of got hooked uh, early on uh, trying to build things and uh, uh, after some time in college and the and then in the Air Force why I uh, had a lot of exposure to electronics and uh, worked uh, worked for three years in Hawaii and uh, 1970 to 73 I was in Air Force Mars and back then the big task was uh, running phone patches for folks in Vietnam and uh, so Anyhow, I've done a lot of things with that, and then uh, after after getting out of the Air Force and a few other jobs, I ended up at Collins Radio here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and uh, I now have the uh, plaque on the wall that says, uh, thanks for your years of service. So uh, that's uh, a very brief version of uh, my history. All right, very good. So do you have any, like, really cool uh, Collins equipment in your house? <laughs> I, I do have a KWM2, <laughs> and... Uh, it it doesn't get lit up very often. I'm really not so much of an operator anymore as I uh, design a lot of things. And uh, we've got a very active group, uh, mostly Collins retirees here, that uh, meet uh, twice a month and we uh, discuss things that we're working on. Uh, one of the guys right now, we got three or four guys, we're doing a 600-watt solid-state HFPA. And uh, I did the circuit board for it, and uh, the guys are uh, winding uh, 
toroids and uh, putting things in and measuring uh, uh, impedances and just doing stuff that they know how to do that I don't, but we all uh, pitch in on jobs like that. So it's uh, it's quite a good hobby uh, for being retired. Yeah, sounds like it. And tell us, you kind of omitted this thing that you put in your uh, response to my questionnaire. It's not really a questionnaire, but uh, <laughs> there was an interesting bit you uh, did with aircraft that might be interesting to let people know about. Yeah, I uh, I worked for Collins for 30 years, and I was always in the avionics portion of that. Uh, most of the hams are aware of the communication side of it, but uh, there's 7,000 people here in Cedar Rapids working for Collins, and the vast majority of that uh, is in uh, avionics equipment. And so uh, I worked on pressure sensors for a while for aircraft altimeters, and uh, over the years I've contributed to... Uh, every uh, the equipment that's on every Boeing aircraft in production so I worked on autopilots and it used to be CRT displays and then LCD displays and uh, things like that so uh, got a lot of miles <laughs> <laughs> all right very good so you obviously have quite a bit of electronics history and that is obviously why um, electronics design schematics and uh, productivity software along those lines are of interest to you so Let's talk a little bit about KiCad itself. Um, I, I have been in contact with one of the lead uh, developer, uh, Wayne Stambaugh, and we're going to try and talk to him as well uh, about the project. But you have done a talk about it, and obviously you're an ex, uh, extensive user of it. So how did you get to, or how did you find it, first of all, and uh, what did it do for you that uh, made it the thing that you were felt like it was worthy of talking about? Well, I I have over the years done a lot of things. I mean, back a long time ago, we had ORCAD on the PCs, and we had various things through time. And uh, uh, in most, uh, say, the last five to ten years, we used the free version of Eagle. I even had uh, purchased a, an Eagle license for a while. And um, I've done the uh, f some work with the free one from uh, PC Express whatever their name is, and uh, all of them have certain limitations. And I thought, I'm, I, uh, I kind of got uh, hung up on, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, um, so getting distracted by the, mess, the notifications. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Yep, no problem. Okay, so, so uh, I kind of got fed up with all the, uh, the little, this limitation and that limitation, and I said, I need to do something new, and what's out there? And I looked around a little bit, and and I said, okay, uh, you know, it's a huge commitment commitment and pain to learning a tool it's it's like learning a, a computer language it's like if you're if you're good with c and you say oh i'm going to go learn python well maybe that wasn't the best example but but anyway if you were going to learn another language uh that's there's well there's this is different and that's different and, and it's just uh, one thing after another and so you kind of have to throw yourself into it and i did throw myself into it and i realized that the KiCad was pretty powerful and so I uh, kind of took it upon myself to become uh, a disciple, and I'm spreading the word. So uh, that's uh, that's sort of where I am today with KiCad, and uh, doing a presentation at the Hamvention. Uh, the last two years I've done a KiCad. There's going to be another one this coming uh, May, but I'm uh, expanding on that. We can talk about that later. 
and and uh, at any rate, uh, you know, there's like the better part of a hundred people show up. We had a little, we had a, a not optimum venue last year of a little tent thing they set up, and it was overflowing. Literally, people were standing outside, and and uh, so I'm I'm really hoping that there's a lot of interest in in hams and building things, and and uh, si- signs are that that there is a lot of interest. Well, clearly, if you had people standing outside, so. <laughs> um, and I I know from from Rich, our uh, former co-host, that he was uh, highly interested in the project, and like I said, he he told me he used it, and even showed me one of the boards he designed using it. So, let's uh, talk a little bit about the program itself. It is uh, open source. Um, not entirely sure of the license. Will that's one we'll hit Wayne with when we talk to him uh exactly what the license is but it's available on like every platform under the sun uh mac linux um yeah windows of course uh source is available uh on github and at uh, kicad.com i believe um i've got links to all this stuff that'll be in the show notes and we'll probably add to some of those as we get get along here the main page is uh, kicad-pcb dot org okay does pcb.org i'm pretty sure i have that right in the notes <laughs> if not it will be corrected <laughs> okay that's fine uh so so you got in so when did you get into it first when did you first find kicad about uh, three years ago All right. and uh at that time i kind of was transitioning from eagle okay so so have you done any development for the program or are you just a power user <laughs> Uh, I'm just a user, uh, and uh, to be honest, I'm trying to contribute to some of the documentation, but uh, the, some of the folks who are doing uh, development are are at the wizard level, and uh, I, I don't, uh, I've got so many things going on, I can't find that much time to, to jump into that as well. So um, I'll, I'll tell you also something here is that, uh, uh, a few years so, two years ago, I'm not sure exactly when, uh, the folks at CERN in France and Switzerland, uh, the big collider over there, uh, they have open source uh, all their their uh, designs. If you want to build your own collider, hey, go for it. They they published <laughs> it, you know, and and so uh, they rather than be uh, releasing their their open source uh, designs in a uh, proprietary. Uh, closed tool they decided well we should be supporting it in an open tool and so they picked up KiCad and there are people uh, one or two I don't know the details but they're on the payroll at CERN and they're being uh, paid to work on KiCad so uh, that's a huge uh, boost uh, you know people in the science world you, t- you say CERN, and they all know right away what that's all about. And and so for CERN to be uh, uh, more than just a, a trivial backer, uh, to be a real participant in this is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's let's talk a little bit about the project, the KiCad project. So um, I know on the, the front page of the website, they talk about three specific um, areas that KiCad is uh, probably most suitable for. The first includes... Um, doing PCB layouts, then there's 3D rendering and schematic capture, not necessarily in that order. So mm-hmm. uh, these are things that KiCad is used for. So let's talk about how 
you know, your understanding of, of what it's, what it's specifically for, if you're going to use it as a developer, as a hardware developer, how, how do you use it? Okay. So <clears throat> there, the general term for this is workflow and, and, uh, the, the cap, the schematic is referred to as schematic capture because it's in your brain somewhere, maybe, <laughs> and, and it needs to be captured. And so, uh, you, uh, you draw your schematic and it plop in the components, hook up wires, add notations to things, and, and you, you get a schematic. And then, and, and a major difference, there's a, well, first of all, I gotta say there's a huge library of symbols. And symbols is a keyword. It's a, a schematic uh, symbol for, from a library for a component. A transformer, a fuse, a resistor, capacitor, diode, transistors, whatever. The little squiggly notes, uh, squiggly uh, uh, p- uh, black on white uh, paper notations that you make, those are all symbols. And uh, some programs, notably Eagle, they have uh, hundreds of different resistors because they have a, a, a library element that says, here's the symbol you see in the schematic for the resistor, and here's the footprint. So a quarter watt, half watt, one watt, two watt, those are all different library elements. In, in KiCad, it's different than that, in that there is one symbol for a resistor. And it doesn't make any difference if it's FN, SMD or through hole, or if it's a tenth of a watt or a hundred watts, there's one symbol you draw on the schematic. <laughs> After you've done the schematic, then you can associate all, each symbol with a footprint. So you could draw one schematic and have two output files for, for the circuit board. You could build two different circuit boards, one of them in surface mount and one of them in through hole, and there'd still be one schematic. Now there's a little logistics and doing that and making that happen without too much pain. But but nevertheless, you, those are two separate things. So you've drawn the schematic, then you associate footprints with all the parts, and then you open a circuit board in PCB uh, CAD, PCB new, and you start plopping the components where you want them to go, and then you hook up the traces, and pr- pretty soon you've got a circuit board design. So <clears throat> there. Uh, back in the schematic, there are some error checking pieces to that, and in the PCB world, uh, there's some uh, checking that gets done for this. This trace is too close to another one, and that sort of thing. So, at any rate, uh, the workflow is draw a schematic, uh, you associate footprints with the symbols, and then you do the PC layout, and then uh, with a few clicks, you get Gerber files and a drill file, and you zip those up and send them off to the circuit board manufacturer of your choice. And uh, depending upon uh, what's going on in the world and uh, maybe viruses, <laughs> you uh, you get your circuit boards back in uh, one or two weeks or whatever you've decided to pay for. So speaking as someone who's never actually designed a PCB or built a schematic, <laughs> um you want to talk a little bit about the Gerber files and the drill files and what they are specifically? Sure. So uh, a, a schematic is, is strictly for a human interpretation. You want to be able to look at it and understand what the objective of the circuit is. Uh, secondarily, then, it generates a, a, a file called a netlist. 
And a netlist is a, a slightly human-readable file that says R1 is this value. It's 100 ohms. And, oh, by the way, uh, there's R2, and R1 is connected to R2, and there's much more detail to it than that. But at any rate, you, it's, a, it's a text description of a schematic. So the netlist is, uh, is an output of the schematic. Um, then after you've uh, got that netlist and there's error checking about uh, certain aspects of have you got a short between this and this and, and uh, there's some details in the, the symbols of uh, are, is this pin an input pin, an output pin, uh, one output can drive multiple inputs but you can't tie multiple outputs together without generating an error. And, and so uh, after you draw the schematic, uh, you do this, run this error checker and uh, chase a bunch of those. And once you're happy with it, uh, then you generate a netlist and uh, do the footprints and the circuit board. So um, the, the circuit board is, uh, some people think it's magic. It's, it's really not too bad. It's, it's a process that you can, you can learn. And generally, on schematics, you draw a signal flow is from left to right. So the antenna would be on the left for a receiver and then some uh, filters and preamp stages and then the mixers and detectors and the audio output and then the speakers on the right if you had a big, big page. Um, when you go to lay out a circuit board, you follow a, a very similar pattern. You, you want to have the input stages all together, then the intermediate stages, and then the audio stages and the output. So if you lay your schematic out, lay the components out, before and don't hook anything up, just do nothing but lay out the schematic, lay out the footprints from f across the page, you'll see how things flow. Now, w one of the things that's, that's very powerful in in uh, KiCad is they have what they call um, a rat's nest and and it's little lines that show this component R1 is connected to R2 and as you move R1 around it rubber bands uh, if you will that that white line moves around to show you the connection from R1 to R2 then you pick up R2 and move it and you go well if I put it right over here by R1 it's going to fit really close, and then my trace is going to be short. So, so you go, you kind of go through this um, arrangement, then a rearrangement, then a rearrangement, and to f finally get things to uh, the components where you like them, and then you can start hooking things up. So, uh, it's it, it's not difficult. It's more a, a case of uh, being uh, rigorous and. Uh, not uh, not getting too excited about it, just taking your time and, and going through it. All right. And one of the things about schematics is I think everyone here probably understands what a schematic looks like. It's a sort of 2D representation of the circuit flow, not necessarily an actual representation of the finished board. However, KiCad can do that as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So after you've done the... the placed all the components you don't even have to have them them, them wired on the circuit board uh, at that point you can push a button that says give me a 3d rendering and what that does is 
gives you a visual that you can pick up and, and rotate uh, to see how things are going to fit. Um, maybe you, you don't have everything. There are, there are symbol, excuse me, wrong word. There, there are uh, 3D models of very many components. There are not 3D models of everything. And, but of the things that, that do have 3D models, if you've got it on your board, you can see headers from square pins, you can see resistors and capacitors, through hole, SMD, whatever. You, you can see what your board is going to look like. There's also, uh, an, as an aside here, you can go to a program called FreeCAD, and that's a mechanical CAD program that incidentally is free and lets you uh, draw uh, symbols like uh, a capacitor, you make a tube and that sort of thing, and, and, and uh, you can draw that in a FreeCAD, and there's a routine with some Python scripts that takes that out of Ki a FreeCAD and puts it into KiCAD, and then when you uh, do the 3D rendering, you see your parts. And so um, it, it's... It's very powerful. Uh, I would say that all the library uh, symbols, footprint, and 3D, almost everything you're going to want to do is already done. It's somebody's done it already and, and contributed it. Um, maybe uh, if you've got something goofy like a right angle BNC or something like that or whatever, you, there won't be a, a 3D model for it. But for uh, most regular things, there are there are models. So. If um, so, just out of curiosity, if you if you render if you do a three D board rendering for with a component that doesn't exist in its three D model, you know, database, what does it do? <laughs> it, it just skips it. You you get the circuit board, and uh, if if R one is something bizarre and there's no three D model, then it just doesn't show that on the on the rendering. Okay. All right, fair it's enough. not like there's a hole in it, or it's not like it's distorted or anything. It just doesn't particular populate it. Okay, all right, fair enough. So my first thought was, you know, when you're when you originally talked about sort of uh, brain dumping a schematic into this and, and creating your circuit, is mm -hmm. there is there anything in the application that could help someone who doesn't know how to build a circuit build a circuit, or do you have to know what you're doing first? you have to know some of what you're doing first. Um, that, that's, that's like, uh, you know, can, does, does KiCad, if you learn KiCad, does it make you an electrical engineer? No, that's not quite it. Um, you know, you, you still need to figure out how many watts does this resistor dissipate, and uh, the, the tool is not going to do that for you. Uh, you you need to figure out how big it's going to be and uh, uh, wattage wise, but but <clears throat> there are some tools in in KiCad on on the main KiCad page when it comes up on your screen. There's a, a symbol at the top for a calculator, and if you click on that, it takes you to a, a, a number of tools, and uh, there are things like uh, how much current can I run through. Uh, a one ounce copper trace that's uh, two millimeters long or something like that. And so the, the width of the trace, uh, you say, oh, I need to run two amps through that. Well, then it'll say you need uh, 
150 mil trace or whatever the number is. And <clears throat> there, there are many other calculators in there. E even simple uh, color code for, for resistors is in there. But, uh, but there are things like uh, design tools for the right impedance, how, how uh, for a, a certain size of uh, dielectric, so your circuit board is nominally 1.6 millimeters thick. If there's ground on the bottom, how wide should the trace be for 50 ohm line? And it'll tell you that. You just type in some parameters and, and uh, it'll tell you how wide the trace should be. So, so there are some tools in there. Is it going to, but it, you still have to know how to uh, bias a transistor to turn it on and off and things like that. Okay. Yeah. So you have to have some, you know, fairly decent electrical theory before you can use the thing effectively. It's not, it's not going to, uh, it's not going to create any an engineer, like you said. <laughs> um, no, that's, that's just a, a bit too far you know it's like reading the sit down one someday and read the arl handbook and in two years when you're done why you'll, you'll be smart <laughs> so so does it have like um obviously it has a library of components does it have a library of pcbs as well <clears throat> well there's some footprints there's some things that are called templates and with the template for say an arduino it it plops in here is a uh, the the pin out for the uh, headers on an Arduino Nano or uh, Arduino Uno, and uh, then if you do the circuit board for that, it's got the right outline, I think, and the connectors in the right place and that sort of thing. So, so if you <clears throat> if if you have something you want to want to copy, uh, you know, I'm not suggesting you go rip off. Uh, Adafruit or SparkFun or whatever, but they publish a lot of their schematics. And if if you said, "Oh, I want this thing, but I want it even, I want two of them on a board, or I want something bigger motor. I've got a bigger motor. I need more current." If you know how to make that change, you can you can take those schematics and and uh, uh, use them to draw what you you want. It's a, a, a variation of the of uh, the, most of those things are so cheap you can't uh, you can't reproduce it. Uh, for what they're selling it for right but in that same way it has so like if you wanted to build a circuit that was based on an arduino you could import the standard template for an arduino and then add on the things you needed to add to make it do what you wanted to do yes that's correct so like what other things besides an arduino would would be available or is that that typically what you work in um there, there are boards for. Uh, I believe there's a template for a board that'll go on a Raspberry Pi, um, and and between those two, I think is 99% of the the hobbyist uh, in interest level in the world. So there's those two things. Uh, I'm, I, I've done a lot of boards, and uh, one of the guys in in our group here retired, and he said his goal when he retired was to do a circuit board a month. Uh, I won't give you his name but he's failed miserably <laughs> but, and and we do harass him for it but but uh, I'm probably doing two or three boards a month and and some of them take uh, you know two three iterations to, to get it right we've uh, come up with a uh, an RF matrix uh, switch that takes two radios to six antennas and so any radio can go to any antenna 
and and uh, the, the, there's a key parameter for that on isolation. Uh, so when you're on radio one, how much signal is getting to radio two, and you want to minimize that in the switch. And and so uh, we've done uh, four circuit boards, and they're four layer boards, and we think we finally got it right. And so. Um, that's been a good six months uh, to get all that figured out. Um, there's a little board that uh, uh, we had a power outage here in in the uh, cold cold night a few months ago, and I went. Uh, I should be able to go on eBay and buy a little thing that uh, will light some LEDs when the power goes off. Well, it turns out you you can get industrial type ones, but you can't get. Uh, uh, inexpensive ones and so I did a circuit board that has a lithium battery and a half a dozen LEDs and uh, plop a couple of chips on there and um, it's it's really quite I, I hate to say simple but it's a it's an it's a non uh, complex uh, design and uh, we made them and some of the local guys uh, have shown interest and I've got them now to drag around to the ham fest and try and pedal them so um, there's there's just a lot of little simple things that you can do if you think about it and and uh, it's the, the the CAD part of it anymore is really really simple it is not a struggle it it shouldn't be so you talked originally about using the product to like design a you know build a schematic design a circuit board and then send it off to a manufacturer to to be have it produced can this be used sort of not exactly the other way around, but in the sense of you have a circuit board or someone builds a project that they want to release as a kit, and then you can have the schematic and the the 3D rendering available. So if somebody wants to take a project and actually build that circuit board themselves rather than get one pre-made, you could use it in that way. Have you seen it done? Yes, you can, you can publish everything like that. And, and uh, there's a huge open source movement. Um, and a lot of it is uh, on GitHub. Uh, I can't point my finger to immediately to something on there, but uh, if you design something and you want to share it with the world, you can put it on GitHub and you put the not just the PDF of the schematic, you put the KiCad schematic up there and the libraries and the and the uh, PC board layout and things. And so if I did that on GitHub, and then, for example, you or your buddy up in Montana wanted to build a board, they can download that and send those off to uh, whoever they want and get a circuit board made with with literally little, very little knowledge of KiCad. Just download it and and uh, maybe take a look and, and uh, zip the, take the zip file with the Gerbers and send it off. Gerbers... It goes back to a machine that's now in the technical dark ages, but it was how how early CAD programs generated a uh, a negative, literally a, a film negative, and uh, it had uh, various apertures and light uh, source that with an X Y table, and and uh, it uh, did a, a four to one size. Uh, uh, Four to one size negative, and then the the circuit board house uh, shrunk that down to one to one, and so uh, their their uh, machine. I don't know if it's still uh, you can buy a, a Gerber machine anymore, but but uh, because a lot of 
places use lasers to just take the file and draw right onto the board that's at the, that is going to end up in your hand, and and so they don't uh, they don't generate intermediate uh, negatives in all cases. So, uh, but that Gerber file has lasted uh, format has lasted forever, and there's uh, some new thing going to be coming out all in a few years here. But uh, for now, everybody wants Gerbers. And I know you said originally that this tool is not something that's going to turn somebody into an electrical engineer, but if somebody has done like what you've done, built PCBs and put them out there and published the schematic information and something that somebody else could then load into KiCad, are there tools in KiCad that would help them sort of understand what the board does or uh, electrical flow or any part of it? Or are you still sort of in the dark air if you don't understand it ahead of time? Yeah, uh, uh, there there is a, an element of KiCad called that's that uh, links it to uh, to a P Spice and and Spice is a uh, program that calculates voltages and currents through th- a schematic. Uh, that's even more complicated than KiCad. So uh, if if you know what Spice is, it's in there. If you don't know what that is. Uh, uh let's leave the lid on that one (laughs) (laughs) fair enough so because because i'm not particularly familiar with this um the usage of this i mean i i know schematics i know how to put boards together and things like that but i i hope i want i want to be sure that i'm not missing the point of kicad so maybe you can address like how you see it used or I know we've talked about how you use it, but like, what is its uh, sort of fundamental purpose? I guess. Okay, so so KiCad is in the realm of what's called EDA, which is an, an electronic design automation. And uh, uh, when I was first getting involved with circuit boards at work, literally you made things with paper tape, and you used a big piece of vellum and uh, the 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 draftsman literally put little strips of b- b- black um, tape on circuit boards and round pads and, and things like that. And it was exceedingly painful. And if you had a change, it was, it was just downright horrible. Um, so when that became electronic, that was a just very, very huge fundamental shift in circuit board design. And and this goes back, uh, you know, thirty years now. Uh, but but uh, <clears throat> early early programs were strictly graphics, and you could pick a circle, a uh, little donut thing, and say plop one down here, and then plop one down a tenth of an inch from that, and you could build the uh, footprint of a, of an IC. And so that was the early days, uh, and then it got to be well. We know what the ICs are. Let's make a, a library of those things. So you get a 14-pin dip or a 16-pin dip, and then it became, uh, what are the the uh, schematics like? So all the 7400 logic, 7400, 7402, four, all the way down the list. And so when you when you drew the schematic, it knew the bill of materials. What um, I haven't mentioned that by the way. Uh, the the KiCad does spit spit out a bomb, and and uh, you can uh, easily go once you have the schematic. You can say uh, I use this part always as an SMD, 
And so every time you plop down this little FET symbol for a 2N7002, it's going to show up magically as a an SMD, uh, what's called an SOT23. It's a tiny little three-legged thing. And uh, I rambled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So, so, so at, at any rate... Um, it, it's in the, the KiCad is in the realm of electronic design, and and it's kind of like uh, the the CAD tools for mechanical things. You know, AutoCAD used to let you just draw uh, single lines, and then later on it got to be where where you could draw a square, and then you could extrude it into a cube and things like that. Now you go, I use the FreeCAD, and if you want a cube, you just say, "Give me a cube." And then what are the dimensions? Well, it's 10 centimeters by 5 by whatever. And and you don't have to even draw all the lines for it. If if you want a, a, a tubular or something, you just go get a cylinder and drop it in and say, it's this diameter, it's this tall. And and that's, uh, that's kind of where CAD in general has gotten further and further uh, with the automation and, and uh, integrating... Uh, features and so uh, anymore you 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 still got to know what you're doing but it is uh, so less manually intensive and uh, many of the things are are done for you and uh, it's just uh, it's just way better world uh, than it used to be (laughs) well in the original world like you were saying what you had was a was a, a drawn representation. This is actually something that creates objects, which are actually digital representations of components that can be linked. So it's like a, a full-on database of information. Oh, absolutely. Yes. It's And, and the, the, the big thing is if you draw a schematic and you do a circuit board layout, and then you get looking at it and you go, you know, I forgot to put a resistor in here. So you go into the schematic, you plop in a resistor, and then you go back to the circuit board, and there's everything, all the work you've done before is still laying there, not screwed up, and here's this new resistor. Where would you like it to go? And I got to pick it up and put it right over where I want it to go, hook up a couple traces, and you're, you're done. So so the uh, relative pain of changes is way, way down. Now, uh, uh, something else in this regard that I will say is um, – in, in the, the, the current iteration of, uh, of KiCad, they have made it so you can read in uh, files that were previously done in Eagle. So if you've got something that's three or four years old that you did in Eagle and you want to now bring it into KiCad, hey, just open a, a brand new project in KiCad. And for the schematic, you say, go over here and get this Eagle f- uh, file. And it just goes... Uh, you know, there was there. There may be some questions about your components, but nevertheless, it it does bring it in, and you may have to do a little touch up here and there. But but you don't have to start from scratch. It's uh, it, it's way better than that. All right. So obviously, this is um, a pretty big topic because I mean the the world of electronic design and, and printed circuit board design is is in, in massive because <laughs> you can yeah. do almost anything with an electronic. A component um but 
you know, let's let's go to like when you were doing your presentation at Hamvention. So how how did you sort of uh, close on that? And then we'll uh, we'll talk about getting support because obviously if someone wants to get into this world, there's going to be a need for support. So so yes. how would you like sort of wrap it up? Okay, so so first of all, I would absolutely say if you have some interest, hey, it's free to download. There's a TV commercial now that goes, it's free, free, free. I'm not sure what that is for the product, but it's free. <laughs> and and so uh, absolutely go download KiCad and give it a try. The ver- version 5, if, if you had version 4 some year or two ago, uh, version 5 is much better. And uh, the current at this time is... I believe 5.1.5. They're working on version 6, which is probably a year out or more. Wayne will tell you more about that. And um, But by all means, uh, give it a try. You just hook some things up, even if it's a little nonsense circuit and a NE555 to to blink an LED. Go go for it. Give it a shot. It's it's not difficult. You, You know, if you've got some application note or some other web page thing and you're just drawing... You're, you're, you're cloning something. By all means, it's give it a shot just to pick up some of the, the, the tricks there. And um, that's uh, that's it. I mean, boards, uh, I hesitate to recommend uh, anybody, but uh, you know, suppliers in uh, that are offshore, are uh, you can get five boards, four by four inches, for two bucks. And now the shipping is going to cost you $15, $20. But... but um, Boards are uh, quite literally dirt cheap, and uh, that, that don't let that uh, be a hindrance to you in any way either. So, if so, if you're going to like hobbyist this thing instead of outsourcing your board production once you've got them built, like you wanted to build the thing yourself once you've architected it, um, where where do you go for parts? <laughs> well, um, DigiKey isn't exactly right down the road, but for me, there. <laughs> There, I get two-day shipping, uh, buying the uh, buying the standard cheap uh, from from KaiK from uh, DigiKey. Uh, there's Mauser in Texas, and those are probably the two uh, main ones. Uh, Arrow is out there; they're a little more difficult to buy from as an individual, but nevertheless, um, uh, between DigiKey and uh, Mauser, you can get most everything you want. Yeah, because the uh, the age of Radio Shack is over. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Some so, would say uh, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so let's see if Bill has any questions or if he's even paying attention at this point. I know he's muted. So I'm what? Sure. Me pay attention? What are you yeah, talking about? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys are way over my head. <laughs> no, I thought I was uh, I was reading through it as you guys were talking about it and. Uh, yeah, wow, this is amazing. 32 copper layers now. <laughs> These things are are pretty complex. This is uh, pretty slick. Yeah, if you have any interest in giving this a try, I, I absolutely encourage you to uh, to give it a shot. Um we we can can we talk about the website uh, here now? Or? Yeah, we can certainly talk about the website and uh, definitely throw in a mention of how you get support. I'm, I'm sure you could just go to YouTube and Google for like KiCad tutorials. I'm sure that exists, but I I know there's a forum and you probably don't want people emailing you. So yeah. uh, let them know uh, where to find out information about the the project itself and where to get support. Okay, so I'll I'll give you uh, a couple of uh, URLs here. First of all, uh, KiCad itself, uh, their main web page is KiCad, 
K-I-C-A-D dash P-C-B dot org. And you can go there and you can download the latest uh, Linux, uh, Mac, and uh, Windows. You don't have to compile anything. It's just download, push the install button, and away it goes. So uh, there's uh, there's no pain with, with any of that installation. And you get all the libraries. You get the, the uh, symbols. You get the footprint. You get the 3D. You get, you get everything in that. You don't have to be, uh, <clears throat> you know, chasing here and there for where's this extra part and that extra part. Um, the next uh, uh, link I want to sh- talk about here is for uh, the forum. And uh, the main forum is called Forum dot kicad dot info so forum dot kicad dot info and they are particularly good with new people on there noobs and and um uh you'll you'll see uh, every once in a while somebody will post something of oh i need to do this and this and they'll and then you'll you'll the answer will come back uh are are we doing your homework for you? <laughs> and uh, so so, uh, but at any rate, uh, you can uh, you can ask all kinds of questions there, and they run from l- literally skin deep to way way down in the well. And and uh, do not uh, do not feel intimidated. Uh, go ahead and ask there. Then then another uh, uh, website that I would like to have your readers or your listeners be aware of is uh, ham-makers.groups.io and and this is a, a website that I've tried to promote uh, at Dayton for for people that are hams because hams ask different questions and in general forums if you go 50 ohm line uh, that's going to get way more head scratches than answers. And uh, if you say, uh, I have this oscillator and it's uh, leaking all over the place, what do I do? And and so uh, there are, I'm, I'm trying to get this web page, uh, get more folks on it at the ham-makers.groups.io. And uh, we can uh, provide each other with support there. So um, I think, uh, I think that's, uh, is is it for me, Russ? All right, very good. And uh, in the chat room, Don told us about. Uh, well, you mentioned DigiKey and Mauser, and he mentioned uh, Amp Hour and Tata Electronics as uh, places to get stuff. Okay. So, <clears throat> okay, Amp Hour is a uh, a, a YouTube uh, video uh, blog. And the the man the gentleman that does that is Chris, and he does a really nice job of it. He has a, a huge following there. Um, I, I don't believe he sells anything possibly other than t-shirts. And, and uh, <laughs> well, t-shirts are always good, right? <laughs> I would, yeah. And I would say if you go to YouTube looking for KiCad training, if it's more than a year old, don't look at it because it was probably for version four. And and so um, Chris, the uh, gentleman from um, Ampower, does a uh, has a on YouTube. He has a contextual electronics, and I highly recommend uh, his uh, KiCad training videos. They're they're really really good. I I would be making things myself, except his are so good. <laughs> okay, very good. That's high praise. Um. 
All right. So I think we've, yeah, I think we've run down the end of our topics here, or at least our talking points. And, uh, we will get with Wayne and talk a little bit more in depth about the guts of the project and the, and the sort of coding of it and all that stuff, not its, uh, usage part. Um, and we, we might actually put that on in YouTube. I think we're going to try and do that as a, as a video, uh, sort of supplement to this. Mm-hmm. So Good. we'll see how that yeah. goes. Yes. Excellent. Um, but we do have some feedback that we're going to get to here. Um, but unless uh, anyone in the chat room has a question or if, uh, Bill or Cheryl has anything that they, uh, <laughs> want to bring up, I, I think Cheryl like totally tuned out until like three seconds ago, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Cheryl, do you prefer the SOT 23 package or the uh, larger D pack? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Each has its no, own that, benefits. Hey, every, and, yeah. Everybody, you got your own interests. Don't don't feel uh, belittled by my humor there. Oh no, I'm not. So. All right, very good. Well, thank you very much, Barry, at W0IY, uh, for coming on here. And I want to thank Rich again, K0EB, for, for mentioning your talk to us and having you come on and talk to us about the KiCad product. Uh, it looks really interesting. And, of course, it is open source and free to download. And if you have any uh, interest in electronics at all, it might be something worth uh, taking for a test drive because, as you mentioned, it's free, free, free. <laughs> the best <laughs> price for anything. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, so thank you for having me. Yes, we really appreciate it. And you're, you're, can hang around if you want for, uh, us doing our feedback. Or if, uh, you have a life, uh, you might want to go deal with that. Well, I, I, <laughs> I did miss the uh, Democratic, uh, debates in South Carolina. But for you, hey, I'll, and I'll, I will hang around for a few more minutes. Okay, cool. All Thanks. right. Thank you very much. So, all right. We do want to get to some feedback. Uh, the only announcement we have, of course, is our Hamvention campaign is live. Uh, url.bcts.info stroke hv2020 if you would like to donate to that if not please share it everywhere you can share it we would appreciate it um where it where are we at like 21 percent or something like that anyway (laughs) and it is coming up pretty quick yeah Yeah, so so the faster we can get to that the faster we can get the booth secured and and our travel arrangements and all the things they're going to make us sit out in the parking lot. That's what they're going to do. Yeah, that's what they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. But <laughs> anyway, we hope to see everybody in Dayton this year, or Xenia, actually. Don't go to Dayton because there's nothing there. <laughs> no, no, they've had $3 million in improvements on the building, though, after the tornado so last year. Maybe we'll go back there someday. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, hope to see everybody in Xenia in May. But with that, we've got some announcements uh, well, we just did. Feedback, we'll get to that. So, uh, Cheryl, you want to tell us about feedback or at least sure. read the first one? I'll read the first one. What the heck? So, our first email is from Paul, K3FU. It says, hi, Russ. Hey, I- now. Uh, yeah, I know. I was looking at that going, now. it's a cool call sign. <laughs> he says, hey, Russ, I enjoyed listening to the Linux in the Hamshack podcast. I didn't find a general email contact address at your website. Which I'm not sure why, because it's right on the front Right, page, yeah. But. So, by the way, Paul, it's actually on the main page in the left-hand column. Yeah, there's a little And there's a little, little envelope. envelope there next to, like, the Twitter icon and the, you know, so, yeah, that's click there. That takes you to our, to our emails. So, anyway, um, so he said he didn't find a 
by email contacts I was using personal email that I found in the QRZ callbook. It says, one method I use to keep up on a wide range of the information sources for amateur radio is to use RSS and Google Feed Burger. Unfortunately, the RSS feed for your podcast does not validate a Google Feed Burger. <laughs> this yeah, my nose is stopped up. So it's feed burner. Just, yeah. <laughs> so I can't. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't sound Fox right. Trot, echo, echo, delta. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. So I can't add it to my aggregated feed. Is there anything you can do on your end to fix this, such as upgrading software to use updated XML namespaces, currently supported iTunes categories and channels, etc.? Thank you for con- for your consideration and for any assistance you can provide. 73 Paul, K3FU. I did respond to Paul, but I'll respond here as well. Um, I did tweak, or I'm using PowerPress, which is supposed to be current, but it's a little wonky at times. And I did have to comment out some of the source code to eliminate some extraneous iTunes tags. And it doesn't properly do RSS namespaces. However, I was able to make enough changes to get the feed to validate. So it should be all right. So there we go. <laughs> uh, next, I put this in here without researching it whatsoever. So sorry, Frank, <laughs> but we'll just give the link. Uh, this was an email from Frank uh, K4FMH uh, of the ICQ podcast and other places. He says, hi, Russ. Here's a bit of news for your fine podcast. It's one of the four that I listen to for each and every episode. Wow. <laughs> Standards are low there, Frank. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, harsh. I'm speaking for us only. I see. If, he, if, he's, if he's including us, then, you know, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, it's a public library's thing that he wants information out there about. And like I said, I, I brought the, the link up in my web browser. I have it up now. Completely so. did not look at it. So <laughs> Yeah, it's it's got like the Boy Scouts and... Uh, she yeah, just, I had I, to mention had it. To mention yeah. it. Oh, the just skipped over those two words. <laughs> well, he, he opens it up. He opens it up uh, with uh, the NGOs and everything else in the memos, memorandums of understanding with the AWRL. And apparently the uh, AWRL board recently approved a lifelong learning program, which is exactly what, uh, what he's mentioning here with the, with the uh, partnership with libraries and stuff like that to try to get uh, your books donated to the local libraries. Okay. Well, very good. So a link to that, of course, will be in the show notes if you want to follow up on lifelong learning. And thanks, Frank, for uh, mentioning us in your uh, your email to us. <laughs> um, and, Bill, you can probably answer this next one. Sure. Yeah, this email is from Tim. Uh, Tim, sorry. <laughs> November 9, Mike Victor X-Ray. Hi, I first heard of you guys from a friend that is trying to get me spun up on Linux. I want to use FL Digi for two meters digital, but the laptop I bought was a mistake. Only a 32 gigabit hard drive. Oh no. So it was suggested that I learn Linux. My question is, which portable distro is best to use on an HP laptop that will plug into a sound link? I'm assuming signal link. Uh, then a Yezu FT2900 VHF. I know I'll have to learn to use Linux. Uh, thanks in advance. Seventy-three or the tip or tip? Yeah, Tim. I think tip. his name is Tip. Tip. Okay. Well, maybe that's why. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not sure. It's either Tim or Tim. MVX. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's either yeah, bad copy or bad paste. One or the other. Anyway, <laughs> I'm looking now. 
Yeah, so 32 gig hard drive. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's plenty of space for Linux. I mean, we can run Linux on a thumb drive of, uh, you know, four gig. Easy. <laughs> has, has anybody actually learned Linux in the last five years? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. That's a lot to learn. I don't even know the whole Linux kernel. So, <laughs> But, yeah, yeah, you should be able to get off and start it easy. Uh, you know, you can definitely use any of the, any of the distributions that we've kind of messed around with, uh, the Ubuntu one. Um They'll all run portable. You can all all, all set up a, a persistence on, uh, well, your 32 gig hard drive. So you don't need to worry about that. Just install it to a 32 gigabit hard drive. You'll have enough space for a long time, as long as you're not downloading videos and stuff like that. If you're only using it for ham radio, it'll be fine. Uh, so yeah, I would suggest, uh, running, uh, probably our, uh, our Zubuntu branch with the XFCE. And, uh, yeah, I'd start with that. That's going to have all your software already ready to go. You're going to have FL Digi, FL Rig, and everything else that you'll possibly need on there, including, uh, you know, WSJTX and what have you. And if you're using a signal link or sound link, I'm not sure what a sound link is, but if it, if it's a signal link, yeah, it'll just plug in via USB. It'll be an audio device. And then you can operate with your software to, uh, run whatever digital mode you're running across the VHF. I'm assuming packet or, yeah, probably just packet. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you should, if you have any problems, just, yeah, get, get a hold of us again and, and we'll try to help you through that, uh, that step. But I would start with, uh, one of our builds that's kind of already pre, pre-set up with all the Linux and, uh, ham radio stuff together. All right. Was it tip or Tim? Did you look it up? It's Tipton. Tipton. So it is tip. Tipton. Okay. okay. Tip. So there you go, tip. N9MVX. Yep. All right, and this one references something you did as well, Bill, so we'll let you handle the last one. Okay, comment on building your Ubuntu Hamshack computer, part one, from LA3CLA. Uh, I'm thinking of, of switch to Linux Ubuntu for all my radios, but I need some help to install and set up my micro ham micro key or two reason. I want to switch from windows 10 to Linux is all the updates that's changed or removed my drivers. I have come so far with a laptop running Ubuntu 1804 LTS Mate FL Digi WS JTX installed. So, uh, yeah, micro ham, micro key or two. I'm assuming this is, uh, very similar to my win keyer. And I'm just Googling it right now, <laughs> looking it up. Yes, oh, this is micro keyer three. Let's see what a micro keyer two looks like. Is that a micro keyer two or? Hmm. Jeez, I don't know. Micro keyer three is really fancy. Anyway, uh, yeah, so it, it's a CW key, right? <laughs> we'll just go with that. Yeah, so you'll use a win key. Uh, you can use a library that'll work with all the Windows keyers. Uh, if you're trying to key for your rig, um, there's a there's an application that uh, will will set up resonant. Uh, on this machine, so you can just f- fill all your your CW requests through it, so it sends them straight out. I use the one that uh, is paired up with uh, CQR log, uh, so I can just bring up the uh, CW uh, typing program, the CW key program that they have. Um, and I'm just uh, I'm looking that up now too. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so bad at memorizing all this well, stuff. That's okay. You did kind of get hit with this blind, so. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't had time to look at it. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's super easy. Like if you're using CQR log for your logging, which you didn't list that as what you're doing, um, just go into the CW setup and it'll just go ahead and set it up from there. 
Um, you just put in your uh, serial port or select your device, which is uh, you can do by ID or name or what have you, and uh, it should just work. It's a uh, really quick and easy to get it going. Um, yeah, get a hold of us in the in the Discord or in IRC directly, and we can talk with you live at any time. You're clearly close enough. Uh, I'm assuming that's Brazil, right, or something like that. <laughs> I believe it is definitely South America. Yeah. South America. So you're in the same general time zones as us. So uh, yeah, just just get on with us uh, live. We're I'm I'm always in Discord. So and I'll I'll generally answer unless I'm uh, skiing. So um, yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it should be easy enough. If if, if you go to CQR log, you already have it. If not, if you, you could, there's there's several uh, several little programs you can search up real quick and install uh, install that and use it from like command line or what have you but i'm assuming you want to use it through some kind of you know gui so all right very cool so we have managed to get down through the program in its entirety um without too much damage (laughs) so uh we want to thank everybody for their feedback we really appreciate it and hope we can answer your questions if we have not answered them already we will definitely do our best to to do that and we also want to thank uh, everyone who listens to the program and for the folks who showed up in the chat room live. We had Don KC9ZMY and Dan KF5TQN. A little bit light in there, but probably because it's not our normal recording evening. Um, but we also want to once again thank Barry for uh, being here and telling us all about Kai CAD. And I think he's still here. <laughs> I'm still here. All right, very good. Uh, So with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode number 328 of Linux in the Hamshack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Charles, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73.